welcome everybody to another episode of Need Some Introduction. On today's episode, we have our seventh recap of Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max. Hope you've been listening along. Hope you've been enjoying the show, our show, as well as the series itself. We actually will have one more episode next week where we do a recap of the whole season rather than going these episode by episode, how we felt about all those loose ends and red herrings, etc. that we uh, and themes maybe that we saw across those titles and um, some of the things we explored throughout these individual episodes. And we'll also be going to further detail as to what will be coming next as far as our recaps go. Make sure you subscribe to us or follow us. That way you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available. I hope you'll be sticking around beyond this show. We have plenty of other content come to come. And I hope you enjoy our conversations. There'll be many more of them. We really appreciate the feedback we have been getting from our listeners. And we'll be having those, some of that feedback will be addressed in the next episode. If you'd like to reach out to us and be part of that final episode, you can reach us at needsomeintroduction at gmail.com. There's not much that we've put on Twitter so far, but if you do want to reach out to us there, it's needs intro. So that's just at needs intro. N-E-E-D-S-I-N-T-R-O on Twitter. So drop us a line there if that's more convenient for you. Or once again, email us at needssomeintroduction at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you about our show and about your opinions of Mayor of Easttown in general. Let's get into the conversation and I'll see you again on the other side. So where should we start with this one? Okay, I will jump right in. Yeah. Let's start with giving you credit for <laughs> figuring out thank you, exactly, thank you. precisely, entirely <laughs> who killed Aaron and why. <laughs> I only figured that out like <laughs> literally. And this is the thing. I, I, I do appreciate the fact that I was, yes, I, I was surprised literally scene by scene how all our theories, it were, they weren't all my theories, by the way, some of the secondary theories were yours about like how the other puzzle pieces fit together. But mm-hmm. we absolutely covered every single thing that happened in the story was pretty much, you know, uh, uh, what we predicted just uh, in the past couple episodes. Uh, you know, I want to pat myself on the back for that. But I would say that it's the show playing fair, which I like the fact that, you know, a lot of times with these shows, you cannot figure out what's going to happen at the end or someone turns out to be the killer in the last minute that was seemed totally innocent up until that point. And that's just the show not playing fair. And I just feel like this yeah. show, Mayor played fair. <laughs> I just think that, you know, the, the show, you know, uh, put its cards on the table and all those little clues, by the way, like the reason I had some of those theories were because they planted those clues. Right. So I think they did a very good job of laying that out. So to their credit, I, uh, you know, I don't think I was like some kind of Sherlock Holmes. I think the show was showing us their cards and this was solvable in a way that a lot of shows are not. Yes, I think that's true. I think uh, they were very heavy on the red herrings. Yes. Uh, and there were a few places that we saw partial conversations, which right. yes. is a little bit tricky to me that, you know, it, to me, I would way more in favor of show the whole conversation or don't show the conversation at all. I think it's right. a little tricky when you only see part of the conversation, but for the most part, I agree with you. And even then, I think you're absolutely correct, by the way, that the one thing was Laura, how much Lori knew, which I think was kind of like, uh, 
Yes. That, that definitely Which was, was she knew everything at the end. <laughs> right, right. right. So. <laughs> Which, and I think you're absolutely right. If I, because even in last night's episode, because I felt like, okay, they've been playing fair this time. So I kind of know the way the scene, the, the way the episode will play out that Lori's knowledge was surprising to me because you are right. That's the one place where they didn't play fair because um, like they intentionally showed us only part of that conversation to hide the fact that she was aware. Cause I honestly, honestly felt in reading the show, if I read everything, honestly, was that Lori did believe that Billy was the, the culprit. Right. And, uh, and obviously mm-hmm. the show did intentionally obscure that one. And I felt there was more there, but I don't know that I thought she knew everything. The way exactly. She did. Oh yeah. That's right. You called that out actually, that you thought that there was, that conversation was being intentionally obscured, Yeah. but you're absolutely right. Whatever they were hiding there, I did not, I, I still read it as no, she thinks it's Billy. And I did not think for a minute that, that maybe she might even then in this episode, think it was John, but not think that it was uh, Ryan, but it turns out that she knew it was Ryan, which. So all the credit to you for that. So now let's <laughs> go to the other top of the show thing that we've been doing, which is the title of the show. And I'm mm-hmm. going to defer to you since I am not Christian sacrament. What do you take that to mean here? Yeah. So I actually looked this up ahead of time once again, because we've been talking about these titles. Uh, a sacrament is a holy sacrament. All those sac- years of Catholic school wasted. You had to look it up ahead of time. <laughs> oh no, no, I had I had to look I had to look up what the <laughs> what the title was, um, uh, but yeah, and, and I actually did honestly, right? Even though I did, yes, spent many years in Catholic school. That even though uh, that's the case, that I did still look it up for the fact that you know it's like anything else. It's like you know you 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 hear a word over and over and over again, and you don't actually ever think about what it actually means. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. So uh, anyway, sacrament is uh, a holy ceremony, basically, right? So, and specifically in the Catholic um, uh, context, a sacrament is a specific uh, holy ceremony. I mean, it really just means generically a holy ceremony that it's not just a holy ceremony, though, by the way, it's a holy ceremony that is supposedly, it's a ritual that is supposed to um, uh, provide grace, right? It's a, which is very important in, in the Roman Catholic Church. This concept of grace is very important. So there's specific ones when you have the catechism, when you're baptized, uh, your fi- your last rites. These are actual ceremonies that are mm-hmm. explicitly um, defined as uh, these kind of right. Yes. Now that you're saying that, it's coming back to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's these kind of these graceful um, um, events in in someone's life, which are ceremonies, you know, explicitly uh, in um, and only a priest can uh, provide these sacraments, right? So I don't think we're supposed to read it that explicitly, even though we do have priests and everything right. in this uh, show, I think it's supposed to be generically, uh, and this is my interpretation, I think generically it's a sacrament. And if anything is a sacrament in the movie, in the movie, in the, in the episode, I would say it's those final grace notes in the episode itself, right? So those last, which I love, it's my favorite part of the, the show, by the way. So we ha- we're going to jump to the end, or at least I'm going to give my review of the end. But I thought those final moments were really strong with her and Laurie, and then of yeah. course with her confronting all these things. But I think those were the grace moments of I the show. I was actually thinking that I mm-hmm. uh, for some reason when I saw the title something that came into my head was that a good title for this episode would have been reconciliation. Mm. Like I kind of um I kind of felt like you know everything all the relationships that have been developing that that we've seen developing over the course of the show this is kind of like what it's all led to, right? right. We see that at the end of the show. Um, everybody's history together and everything that they've shared together and gone through together um, leads you to this final uh, place that they're in for the time being anyway. Uh, yeah. And I agree. And I think that it's kind of like, that's what the, 
that that's what the ritual's been in a way. It's like kind of like a trial by fire in a way to mix uh, other <laughs> metaphors. But it's um, but yeah, it's 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 I and I think that the show's been hinting at this for a while too, where it's a lot of this. The show has been two parallel things happening simultaneously, right? It's obviously solving the crime, but it's also about Mare confronting her these painful events in her past. And she's coming out of this uh, this fog, right? And I think that this show's done a good job of uh, taking these red herrings, which is traditional for this type of genre. And those red herrings, that as they disappear from being important to the plot, they become character development, right? For her specifically, but for those individual storylines as well, bringing all these things to light so that in a way, uh, everybody can kind of move on. I agree with you about that altogether. I think, you know, really by the end, the, the murder had become secondary almost. Yep. And- the, those kidnapped girls seem like a lifetime ago, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah. I agree with you there. I do think as far as the red herrings, we do have one very big question mark, or at least I am unsatisfied with the way the whole Dylan thing developed <laughs> and was resolved. Yeah, that was definitely, well, what I'll give it credit for there is, um, and, and I guess we can start kind of start walking through the plot because we'll touch on all these things. But um, the first note I have is that this picks up immediately from from the, from the last episode, yes, right? So which which we kind of anticipated. Yeah. You leave the mm-hmm. show on a, on a cliff note, a cliff right. note, sorry, a cliffhanger <laughs> that you have to kind of jump right in, right? Yeah. And then specifically to your point, we kind of let every you know Dylan and Jess. We see them at the police uh, station. We see the clue, right? The photograph, which we suspected it was going to be John and her together. Um, uh, not, not well, the Jess best. and her mom are at the police station. Jess right? and her mom, not, correct, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. But right, but she she get, kind of yeah. gives the alibi, not the alibi, but I guess the explanation for Dylan and Jess's action. Which, by the way, even though it was kind of a little too neat, uh, I bought it immediately, and I knew right away because it kind of just ties up so many loose ends that that was the legitimately the explanation for it. Because I remember I had that question about when they're burning the notebooks, they look like kind of like sad. They yeah. don't look like they're mm-hmm. getting away with something, like they're covering yeah. up a crime. Mm-hmm. They just kind of looked very uh, melancholy about what they were doing. So as soon as uh, she said, well, we were just trying to make sure that, um, you know, Dylan stayed with the family that Aaron wanted, right? That they were kind of, you know, being loyal to her. So even though like, I don't really buy that from a structure of the show type thing, like you said, it's a little too convenient. But I did buy it, you know, that that was the true explanation. I'm like, okay, this is the show, you know, tying up those loose ends, basically. I buy it from the Jess side. I don't uh, quite buy what's going on with the Dylan storyline, but we can reach that later because more develops on that later in the show. I I will say one nice thing about this show is that people actually go to the police when they have information. Yeah, yeah. It took her a while to get there. All the time. (laughs) Uh, well, you know, Jess was really doling it out as she felt necessary, <laughs> which is a power I don't think a teenage girl should necessarily have. But, um, but you know, Jess, uh, Brianna as well, right, with Dylan missing. Uh, I mean, this gets to some of the stuff that I'm unsatisfied with. But, um, but, you know, when people have evidence they think might be helpful, regardless of what their motivations may be, they actually go to the police, which isn't something you see in every murder mystery type of situation. I guess at the moment when they do decide to burn the diaries, they do think that the killer might be the, uh, the guy who, from, from the tavern. So maybe they do feel like the murder mystery has been solved. So they don't have to protect, like, in other words, they don't have to protect the evidence to implicate um, that guy mm. because they feel like, okay, well, they're, you know, and then Jess was forthcoming about her having that um, side door back page, whatever they call that thing, uh, profile. 
And then maybe they said, okay, well, that ties Yeah, but not until later, right? I mean, true. that's the first thing you would think. Oh, true, because they hide it early. Murdered, yeah, she right? hides it earlier, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they still cover, They still should have been more forthcoming with some of this evidence. I totally agree, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, until, you know, it's like, it's as if they're sitting there going like, well, let's see how much they find on their own before we give our, give our evidence, which seems a little strange, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess she's a teenage girl. We can chalk it up to her poor decision-making. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and then we get to the scene where John gives his story, which is extremely pat, right? It immediately play, it explains everything. So I immediately was like, I don't buy it. It's just too rehearsed, right? So, mm-hmm, and I think intentionally, sure. once again, I think the show is intentionally uh, planting that seed in our minds. Yeah. And there were certain things about the story that definitely seemed contrary to what we had been shown previously or what we had heard previously. So we knew that uh, it didn't quite add up in certain ways, I think. And I, I did love that in the interrogation scene. She, he blames a Lori for uh, <laughs> partially. He's like, well, what was I supposed to do? You know, she wasn't uh, <laughs> she wasn't being nice to me anymore because I had cheated on her. So I'm like, uh, well, and right. The look on Mare and the police chief. Yeah, face they like roll their eyes at each other. Like which those looks said it all. Right. <laughs> exactly. Especially the police chief who probably had the same look I had on my face, which is just <laughs> kind of like a combination of disgust, contempt disbelief um i mean you know you're saying that a girl what was the date on that t-shirt was it 2017 may something 2017 so she was 16 when she died right when she was murdered right so it was 13 so so now you're talking about a 13 year old girl you're saying a 13 year old girl could understand you a middle-aged man exactly with a wife and kids in a a way that nobody else could exactly i mean come on (laughs) if she was going through something i was going through something on top of it, one that you're related to. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's like, they, they don't actually investigate that enough. But think about how nuts that whole thing is where he's like, obviously just being an opportunist, but that, it's hilarious. It's like, we had the special connection, you know, her mom had just died. My wife was mad at me because I had an affair. You know, we, yeah. were, we were simpatico, you know, what could you do? Yeah, we, uh, we understood each other on a special level. <laughs> exactly. I mean, her brain's not fully developed yet. Come on. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was very, so, uh, lots of eye rolls in that scene. Yeah, so John is, yeah, obviously very, very sketchy character. Oh, absolutely. But we've skipped over, right, the struggle in the river. Uh, what I thought was interesting is you just see a little bit more of the dynamic between John and Billy. This and is how, true, yeah. um, I, I don't find Billy particularly likable or sympathetic, generally speaking, but you do see that he has had a lifetime with John of like being the scapegoat and taking the brunt of it. It just feels like he's worthless. And what is the big deal if he dies right here? You know, which is, which is sad. I mean, that, that was a a tough moment for me where he closes his eyes, you know, he says, do it. And he closes his eyes. I just, you know, that was a really sad moment. I think about what that guy's life has been. It is actually important for two reasons. When we see him in the last, last episode, we see Billy, um, aware of the gun being in the, you know, fishing tackle box. Um, Not only that he's aware of it and he's like, oh, like maybe he's going to turn the tables on or something, but he's not. He's actually just kind of, not only is he committed to, right, exactly. Perfect word for it. Not only is he uh, resigned to to his fate in a way. And then of course, when Mare confronts them, that John, rather than pulling the gun on Mare or something, actually threatens to kill himself, right? And yes. And And I wondered how serious he was about that, honestly. (laughs) I think he was serious about that, yeah. right? Because I think yeah. that, you know, it's probably not an ideal situation for him. He, he he wanted to have Billy take the fall, which is really crappy on his part, obviously. <clears throat> but I do think it was legitimate because I think at that moment, he's thinking to himself that 
if he takes himself out, then he doesn't have to face the consequences, right? His son, he takes the fall. Everyone would just think that yeah. he is the No one culprit. will ask any more questions. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's just going to assume, well, he's having an affair. He killed Aaron and yeah. he covered it up. And that's it. End of story, right? And then, like you said, no one, there's no one left to question. So there's no reason to take the story apart, right? Although it turns out that if he had, that we pro- may still have, um, you know, Mayor may have still gotten to the bottom of it, considering yep, uh, the big sure. piece of evidence coming up, that, yep. which is the video, right? Which we knew was going to come back also, right? Yep. It's good that you, you brought it back to character because I skipped that scene because I was pretty much in my mind. It was stereotypically what I thought was going to play out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the character yeah, beats, yeah. and to the credit of the show's writing, that they give us more insight into Billy and John's relationship, right? And this has probably been their relationship throughout their lives, right? Billy's kind of the screw up. Uh, John's always kind of the one who's considered the successful one. And meanwhile, John's the one who's really maybe the screw up and Billy's just, you know, this meek guy who just kind of always takes the blame for everything, right? Yes. And I think also, you know, because the show is so much about family dynamics and family relationships and how they affect how you see yourself and what your life is, you know? So I thought it, you know, goes back to that ongoing theme throughout the show. Yeah, that's true. The, 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 these different family dynamics and actually the, the relationships in these, in the community itself, which, you know, a lot of these people know each other and are, have grown up yeah, together. They all know each other. Yeah. <laughs> They're all related <laughs> and uh, have, have known each other for, for many years. Um, I guess that, that is, like you said, thematically is really what the, it's all about in a way. All right. So the next thing I mentioned is uh, when they release uh, the deacon from prison and she apologizes to him. I mean, he did cover up, uh, you know, like if he had just once again, had uh, gone straight to the, you know, if Woody had gone straight to the police. None of this I love happened. that reference. And I just feel it's so dated. I don't know if anyone else will get <laughs> Nobody it. Nobody knows this like reference. like an inside joke in our friend group, right? Or even just between me, you and my husband, maybe. If Woody had just gone to the police, none, none of, this of this had would to have happen. happened. Exactly. <laughs> Um, which is a Woody Woodpecker reference for anybody exactly. who is completely puzzled. If you don't know who Woody Woodpecker is, I don't know. Uh, exactly. Like if, you but, know the, uh, if you know the cartoon from the 1940s or whatever it is. Yeah, but, right. It was old when we watched it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, some left, some stuff left unanswered there, which is fine of, you know, is he really a pedophile? What did really happen in his previous uh neighborhood that he was in you know what really was the extent of the relationship between him and Aaron which I tend towards it was more on the innocent side but still pretty crazy for a priest to be picking up a teenage girl at midnight and taking her to a park and not only that like for this girl to turn up dead and for him to and once again not that he shouldn't be released from prison or whatever obviously but just the fact that Mayor is so apologetic to him is such a strange beat in the show because you know like you were saying imagine that circumstance even if it was totally innocent if she turns up dead the next day, and of course he had these accusations previously, and maybe he was innocent of those accusations, but if that's the case, you know, the idea of like coming forward immediately to say, look, I drove her to that park. That's where, you know, the last time I saw her, and then they could investigate that park and find the ballistics and everything sooner, right? Rather right. than being like, I got to throw away this bike <laughs> so they don't suspect <laughs> me, right? This looks um, bad for me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because if, you know, this is a murder investigation, if somehow this circles back, and then it turns out they know that he transported her that night, um, you know, through her, her phone records or whatever, which they did find, right? Phone records between the two of them. So, uh, like, how does he think that this is going to get better, right? And once again, yeah. people make bad decisions, sure, understandable. Sure. 
but she shouldn't be apologizing being so sorry about the way we treated you. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was kind himself. of strange. Right. Yeah. And he did destroy the, or conceal the evidence regardless. Which, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, yeah, there are degrees of bad things you can do, but nonetheless, I mean, the, the reason he was there was a, a thing that he was guilty of. So, <laughs> right. I mean, doesn't yeah. it make it an accessory after the fact in a way too? It's like, you know, and that the idea yeah. that, you know, he's, you know, we'll, we'll get jump to it later, but he's like doing what he's leaving the mess and he has a homily. I, I'm really just <laughs> reaching for words. <laughs> <laughs> I forget homily. That might be homily, actually. Homily's, yes. <laughs> then we have the scene where Lori and John confront each other at the courthouse, and that's a pretty rough scene, right? Lori and John confronting each other at the courthouse. Wow, I'm bl- blanking out. Can you tell me more? <laughs> <It's like> Lori- <laughs> this is when Lori's like waiting and John's being like transported, I guess. And he basically just apologizes to her and tells her to uh, take care of um, yeah, the baby, and to right? take care of DJ. It comes back yes. now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, I get where that request is coming from, but wow, you're asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, what else are they going to do at that point, right? And then soon thereafter, I don't have a note about it, but soon thereafter, we actually see her um, at the doctor's office, right? Getting that ear surgery, yes. right? Yeah. So um, thank she- God we have the resolution of DJ's ear surgery, which is like <laughs> from right. really the top of the show, right? The top of the whole series, the first 15 minutes of the series. This exactly. kid finally gets his ear surgery. Exactly. Finally, <laughs> he's, finally. he's been crying all seven episodes because of these ear infections. So <laughs> happy to see some closure on that. And she gets more money. She probably puts more, gets more money back than she even put into the surgery, right? So she might've made a small profit. <laughs> I mean, I, I would think that there's some sort of insurance that covered it in the end, to be honest. I, this is true. I have this questions about why this ear surgery ever would have been out of pocket, because even if you have no money, there are programs, you know, Medicaid or whatever. Never mind. I mean, it's a tangent, but <laughs> exactly, I, I'm exactly. just not sure for the ear surgery to, to theoretically have been such an important motivator for people. Um, I'm not sure it checks out. Uh, you know, and even right, John tries to use that as the uh, the reason all of this happened was the ear surgery money. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the crazy so. thing about it, right? But not it's not only John. John obviously is going to blame it on that. But but you're absolutely right. I mean, think about it in the structure of the show. This literally is the instigating thing, right? So she yeah, exactly. She goes to um, it's one of the first scenes in the in the show. She goes and tries to get Dylan pressure Dylan to right. do it. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, and then she is potentially, you know, at one point, although this turns out to be a red herring, but she's, you know, literally listing herself for sex services to, yes. um, uh, to potentially earn that money, which uh, leads to that secondary storyline. But, but it's, you know, once again, turns out to be a red herring, but then of course it me- leads to her threatening John. Uh, so that, and, and then of course that leads to her death. Right. So it's, it's, it's the instigating thing, right? If someone had, if you had just seen a social worker who could tell you the programs you were qualified for, none of this had to have happened. If we had universal <laughs> healthcare, none of this would have happened. <laughs> That's the real theme of the show. <laughs> Yeah, it may be. I mean, there's a lesson to be learned there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if we had better opioid treatment, these kids, these girls wouldn't be on the Well, for sure, <laughs> yeah. It's all about, it's all about the healthcare system. <laughs> okay, so then we have the scene between Mayor and Shaban, and, and, and that is, um, and, and once again, we kind of suspected earlier on, or I did anyway, that um, initially we're like, oh, is Siobhan in, in, involved somehow? And I definitely considered that for a while. But uh, then at some point I was just like, no, nah, a lot of these things are just a uh, mare kind of coming out of this, um, this fog in, in, in her, in her life. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that's kind of her repairing her relationship with Siobhan. And I think that's pretty much it. Right. So Siobhan's moving on, right. Moving, going, going to college. 
yeah, and I don't mind the scenes with the two of them, the mother-daughter scenes. Yeah, those were good. Yep. Something that we can talk about, you know, in our season recap of the show is the time spent on Siobhan and her relationships with other people (laughs) that um, I felt could have, you know, we could have gotten the message with a lot less time spent on Siobhan. But, um, you know, I felt that way all along. I've said that basically every episode. So nothing new to hear from me on that. (laughs) Right. And this is kind of the streamlined version of the show. Um, And it started last week, by the way, too. Like when she has that, once again, she takes her edibles and (laughs) she has a bad reaction, which apparently people (laughs) keep away from those edibles, apparently if they can't handle them. But um, uh, uh, last week there was that very powerful scene, right? Where she confronts her mom about finding the body, right? And this is kind of like, uh, you know, and then having the one-on-one scenes with them, like you said, are the strongest ones. And like this whole romances on the side and stuff seemed to be too much. Although it did lead to the funniest scene in the, probably the whole series, right? The girlfriend finds them making out in the basement. Which was a great scene. I guess exactly. I do question the timeline for a second, because again, calling back to the first episode where Mary's nagging her about not doing her college applications. Now, all of a sudden she's leaving for college. How did this? I, I don't know. I got to think through that timeline a little bit more. Right. I, I assume months have gone by in that time period. Right. Like, um, so, I mean, the investigation has not been on for weeks. I think it's been months at that point. I don't so. remember where that uh, scene about the acceptance fell in the episode, but I felt like it was in the middle of resolving the murder story, but I could be wrong. I think it's after John has confessed and he's being transported, to, you know, he has a conversation with Lori. It might be right thereafter. You think months have passed in this time since January? I assume that there's like probably that fishing scene is happening like around March. So like you said, in that 10 week period or so, because yeah, I okay. think it's like warm enough. That. Yeah. And and then basically, you know, now they get, you know, he gets processed. The investigation has to wrap up and he's being transported to, to you know, like we assume that, the, you know, he has either pled guilty or whatever. And now he's getting processed. Right. So that's probably a couple of months later. So we're talking like the early summer at the time when, um, you know, maybe May or June, just, just a random side note here is that, uh, when you see Jess at that moment, you know, that, that the last scene we see Jess in, she has her hair Mm -hmm. down and she looks like she suddenly, like, I didn't even recognize her. She suddenly looked like I had to rewind it to figure out who it was. (laughs) Who is that? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she looked like, yeah, she looks like, and maybe she's, she probably is like maybe legitimate. The actress is probably like 30 years old or 20 something years old as so many of these people who play college students are, but it's like when her hair's back and she has that kind of innocent face, she looks like this very young girl right and then mm-hmm. also she has her hair down and I'm like who is that like you said I was like I didn't even recognize her for a second I'm so. not sure I ever recognized her I think only because they showed the photographs that I put two and two together it was just- <laughs> it's like is that Linda Cardellini <laughs> like what happened <laughs> how did she get this show <laughs> they're introducing new characters now <laughs> exactly. Linda Cardellini has a cameo for one scene <clears throat> okay so Oh, and then I, this is like, this is at the, when, um, when she goes to get DJ's ears uh, surgery, I think it's very funny that, um, uh, you know, we see her, na- that we see the DJ is Dylan John. <laughs> so I'm like, well, yes. that would have given it away right there. Really? His full name. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's a scene where they go to the mediator. And uh, this is another scene which played out exactly that we suspected last uh, episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, but a good scene nonetheless. It was well, but there. you know what? Yeah. Um, I, there was a little surprise for me in that scene anyway, sure. but we can, let's talk about it. Maybe you weren't surprised like I was. Oh, oh about her using, right? Is that what you were Yeah, by? yeah. I really thought that she was um, doing a good job of like cleaning up her act. And we saw that one scene where she refused to take uh, whatever uppers to keep right. her going when she's working these two jobs. So I assumed that that had continued but that she just you know was going to find herself 
admitting that she wasn't quite there yet as far as being a, you know, a full-time mom to Drew. Uh, So I was surprised to hear that she had kind of relapsed and uh, but nice to see that she is taking it seriously and going to a facility. Um, And this one, I guess, is a little bit different in that the other drug problems that we've seen have been opioid related, but this seems to be more like uh, an amphetamine situation, right? Because she's trying to stay awake and stuff. And, you know, it's a little bit sad. I, as much as yeah. I didn't like the character, <laughs> to be honest, right. you know, I, I was hopeful for her to be able to build a better future for herself. Well, maybe and, she still and, is, and she right? still may, she still exactly. may, but you know, exactly. um, I thought she was on that road already. So it was sad for me to see that she had taken a couple steps back. Yeah, so a couple of things there. One is I think it speaks to the fact that I do think we had a time jump there because obviously the last time we saw her just one episode ago, she's kind of worried about falling asleep while she's watching um, mm-hmm. Dylan, right? Or uh, um, Drew, I should say. I get confused. All, all these D names, like you said. I know, there's too, too many D names in this show. <laughs> Right. So too Drew, many people, too many demons. <laughs> yeah, there is too many. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised too that she was using. I thought she like you like I you know speculated last uh, episode hour conversation that I thought that it was just going to be that she's like I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to you know lose my bearings. So I need you to help me with this. And and Mayor would be like, sure, I I can do that. That's what we're here for. That was kind of my writing of this if I was writing it. But, uh, you know, they and I, I think, like I said, I think that does speak to a time jump that she has in the meantime, you know, mm. given in after mm-hmm. multiple situations when she probably felt this way. Eventually, she's just like, oh, I'm just going to use so that yeah. I'm alert when yeah. he's mm-hmm. around. And then, you know, and then who knows, maybe using the the uppers uh, then it led to her going back into opioids. Who knows what yeah. she's addicted to anyway. Right. So but uh, I think, you know, obviously she knows that she, at least she's embracing the fact that she, you know, wants to get her, her stuff together so she can spend more time with him. And, you know, that all makes perfect sense that, you know, there, like she can be, and like, to your point, I think she can rehab herself and be part of his life without maybe not, maybe not having him live with her all the time. Right. So that's just the way it's going to have to be, I think. So at least she's embracing that. I like, you know, in the character development category, you see uh, Mare's reaction to her and that, you know, she is supportive of her and understanding of the situation she's in. Uh, and encouraging her to find a better space to be in in her life and, you know, really compassionate. And I thought that was nice uh, to see that Mira had developed to that level of a relationship with Carrie. Yeah. And I think it it speaks to her kind of, you know, having, you know, we've talked about hope in the last uh, title, Mm -hmm. a a reference to hope and now a reference to grace. So I think these are all graceful moments for for Mm -hmm. Mira in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, on a side note, impressed at how Mira pulled herself together for that mediation she looked lovely <laughs> she did i can't i speaks to the yeah. fact that i mean she, she, looked she looks really lovely. Nice. there's a couple of scenes where she looks very nice yes here. there are there are yeah. yeah all right so then we're at the um the pizza place you know that's kind of this, their version of chuck e cheese very very low rent chuck e, chuck e cheese it has like one uh yeah <laughs> like one or two uh, arcade games and then pizza one pizza and two pitchers of beer as i noticed when I, in my notes but <laughs> was it skee-ball tra- though i do love skee-ball i can't ever say no to skee-ball <laughs> i think he did have skee-ball no i think he yeah. definitely did so and the Faye is back all of a sudden. There's no, um, I mean, I guess like once the murder investigation wrapped up, she didn't <laughs> whatever suspect Frank anymore or something. Like she's all, oh, she's all back on board now. Yeah, and they're having this crazy blended family conversation about what Frank should be wearing at the wedding, which 
I mean, seemed, you know, a very advanced level of getting along to me. <laughs> but, um, like even in best circumstances, I kind of would be surprised at that conversation happening. But hey, more power to them. But th- something important happens here uh, beyond just that uh, kind of, uh, once again, the, the, the you're seeing Mayor kind of coming out of this uh, depression in a way, right? And just kind mm-hmm. of living life again. Uh, beyond that, we also see the fact that you know, we're pretty sure that first of all, first clue, Frank, the first shoe that drops, I should say, would be that Frank says, it's so weird that John was so nonchalant. He was joking with us yes. and he had just killed somebody. And yes. we're like, of course, which I thought was kind of sketchy previously. Uh, and they just explicitly drop it there. And then, of course, the woman that he's supposedly having the affair with is there and the mayor confronts yes. her. And she's like, that's five years ago. Get over it. And yes. then it's like, OK, wait a second. So something else is going on here, which, of course, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, haha, I was right after all, although I suspected and- the whole entire time that I was right. A, a shade of the old mare there as well, right? That doesn't yes, have so yes. much grace that she can't stop herself <laughs> right. from muttering right. under her breath <laughs> right, right. at the affair, the theoretical affair partner. <laughs> yes, she could still be very petty, of, of course. She's not, she hasn't fixed all her personality. And she's quirks a loyal yet. friend, right? If you want yes, to look at the upside, yes. she's a loyal yeah. friend. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, and then the scene between Mare and um, her mom, where she's talking about, oh, like, you, know, you have, you have to forgive herself for, for Colin. That was, that was a rough scene, right? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I'm, I, I'm not for Colin, for Kevin, Kevin but, but yeah. I, I did have a side note going, like, uh, poor Colin has been completely forgotten as, like, the yes. sacrificial lamb <laughs> of this whole thing, right? Yes. But uh... um, <laughs> No, but such a nice moment, um, especially, uh, you know, she's, says something right about the band-aid that uh that drew comes for help with and you know in a in a very uh multi-generational typical way at least in my experience you know mary is saying you never would have acted that way with me you would have taken you know a tough love approach and and you know it opens the door to her saying you know you realize that helen that's the mom's name right is more in touch with why she acted the way she acted uh and what was driving her and she you know she says out loud i think the things that so many of us need to hear from our parents about like all the other things that they were dealing with at the time right um and that those things you know inadvertently get taken out on the kids without anybody intending for it and that they acknowledge like that wasn't fair but they were doing the best that they could do at the time. And she says, and I've forgiven myself for that, uh, which is huge, I think, as a parent to be able to forgive yourself for something like that. And she bursts into tears. And to me, I thought like, wow, this is such an emotional moment for her. And then you realize what the next line, which she's saying is, you know, you also have to forgive yourself as a parent. And I think she's really crying those tears for Mare because she knows how much pain her daughter is in because she can't move forward from all the guilt that she carries with her and the idea that she was a bad mom, which has come up, you know, repeatedly throughout the show that she says that about herself, that she was a bad mom. Um, And I thought it was just, it was really touching. I thought. Yeah, no, I think it's a really a great uh, scene. And for all those reasons that you just said it, first of all, I think we all can relate to the fact that, you know, we've all had that conversation of like, or had that experience, which even, even if the conversation hasn't happened, <laughs> where we confront our parents and are like, mm-hmm. how can you like, uh, A, not only like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, be so different with your grandchildren versus your, mm-hmm. your children, right? But on top of that is, uh, um, is the fact that is Helen like really reconciling with that, right? And saying that I forgave myself for 
what I did to you. And you have to forgive yourself too for everything that happened. You can't control everything. And, uh, and yeah, it's a very powerful scene. And, and it's good that they kind of came to that understanding. And it's once again, adds to this uh, depression, this funk of time that, that uh, Mare is coming out of as part of resolving this and, and also proving herself by resolving this mystery as well, right? So. And I think she had a really nice line too. I can't remember if it was in this scene or a different one where she says to Mare, I'm always on your side, even when it seems like I'm not on your side, I'm on your side, which is like the the perfect uh, way to sum up the parent-child relationship, right? (laughs) Right, right. No matter what happens, no matter what intervenes, no matter what you said or did, like in the end, you're always on your kid's side. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's our job, right? As parents. Yeah. <clears throat> Whether they appreciate it or not. <laughs> and recognize it or not, right? Because sometimes True. it seems like your parents are deliberately trying to undermine you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so then Dylan shows up at the house and uh, at um, uh, Lori's house and gives her the, not uh, the money he put together for the ear surgery, plus the money that uh, Aaron did, right? And this is, I mean, they make him and i think maybe you want to touch on this this uh, scene because they really go out of their way to make dylan seem like a nice guy all of a sudden yeah what is this sudden rehabilitation of dylan <laughs> i am not buying it okay so i get it that I, I i do buy that he loved the kid and i think we did see moments of fondness between him and dj uh so that's fine but Again, let's go back to the first episode. What do we see? He's just standing by while the mother of his kid, theoretically, right, is is getting beat up, orchestrated by him and his girlfriend and like right. taking some kind of sick satisfaction in that. Um, I mean, just an episode ago, he's holding a gun to Jess's face. Right. Um, I mean, I, I just... I don't buy it. Like, I mean, I guess it's nice that he felt like he was, you know, being a responsible dad and putting some money away. But other than that, you know, I can't get on his side. Uh, and I think, you know, tie into what we were talking about just now with Mara and her mom, like, you know, he thought this baby was his kid. There's all, even the most awful person can have right. a bond with their kid. You know, right. that doesn't mean right. they don't do a whole lot of other awful things and are generally all around an awful person. Uh, you know, we still have no explanation, by the way, for where this guy was at two in the morning. <laughs> right. <Good laughs> the night that Aaron died. And I mean, I guess it's not important, which is fine. Right. But I mean, it's just one of those things that was left unresolved. Um, right. You know, and he uh, might have just been out driving. I mean, it might have been legitimate, right? What he was saying. And I mean, so. his whole like, I mean, remember last week you and I talked about like, what is the resolution of this Dylan thing? What's going right. on that we don't know? How does right. he play into everything that's going on? Turns out he doesn't. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I found that uh, unsatisfying. Yeah. And I think I feel like they, you know, even in the last episode, they were still making a scape- scapegoat for something bigger, just as a distraction. Like that's where the show is being mechanical in a way mm-hmm. that a lot of these other things we discussed in this episode are not. Yeah. And like I said, when they kind of explained it at the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh, that's a very convenient explanation for all this weirdness I've been seeing. But at the same time, even in my notes, I wrote down, but I'm pretty sure I believe it just because I think like, from the point of view of the show i'm like they're just wrapping this up right but uh like i said it's very like uh, I, it's very very written in a way right no i don't i mean this is the question i had last week of like why is dylan so angry with jess i mean the the yes, journals are burned yeah. like yeah. what we never got an explanation of what would compel this guy to put a gun to her face chase right. her down on the mm-hmm. street and put a gun to her face yeah and i totally agree that's the one thing that i kind of forgot about but you're absolutely correct that they're like you know jess you have to keep this a secret 
And I'm like, so where's this passion coming from? Is he so worried that Dylan won't end up in with the family that they want him to end up with? Right. He wants his parents to be able to raise him. And uh, okay, I get that. But still this level of hostility and anger, I don't know. And also the whole like, you know, the way he's threatening her being like, you know, you have to like toe the line in a way, like, like you said, it doesn't seem like, you know, I'm going to you know, shoot you doesn't seem to be the best way to, right? Um, you know, like, like if anything, like she might go to the cops and be like, he's threatening to kill me because I know this piece of information, right? right. Like, I don't see how that really helps things. But then again, yeah. they're teenagers, right? So, but still it's very weird the way they've, they've written this. Agree. Um, then we see, uh, you know, then we have the whole uh, wrap up of her with Guy Pierce, right? So we see, first of all, she's yes. at the actual wedding, right? It's the actual wedding. Siobhan does a nice cover of a Pat Benatar song, which is nice. And uh, she dances with Guy Pierce. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. um, and then we see them like him kind of pack up to go to school. And uh, and once again, like literally riding off into the sunset, not together, <laughs> but he rides off. Right. Into the sunset. Yes. Um, and he basically says, I'll check in with you in a couple months. <laughs> which you want to see ya. She probably needs that. So that's okay. Yeah. And, uh-huh. uh, but they leave that open to, you know, this is a, a constructive and healthy relationship yes. that she may continue. And once again, another yes. grace note for the show. And that she can, um, she's able to move on to that next phase of her life. Right. Because right. exactly in the, uh, let's go back to the first episode where she has a one night stand with him. And she says, right. that's all this is, is a one night stand because she doesn't feel like she's in a place in her life where she could possibly have an ongoing relationship with somebody. And now here she's saying like, oh, you're leaving just when it was getting good, you know? So so you see that she's moved on in her head to what she's capable of doing and the relationships she's capable of maintaining. Exactly. And uh, and like, once again, it's like, it doesn't even, I think it doesn't even represent that they're definitely going to uh, be a long-term relationship or whatever. Oh, definitely but, not. No, definitely. but that she can keep this, you know, have a healthy yeah. relationship with him. And I'm sure that she'll go visit him on this new campus and she's probably not that far away. And just having like, just once again, just the possibility of a healthy relationship. She's, again, right? she's moved on from the mindset of, of that first one night stand relationship. And even with Zabel as saying, right. well, I don't know what you want, but I know you couldn't possibly want me. You know, she's, she's moved on from that, that somebody could want her. And that's nice to see. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a nice scene. Just seeing them dance together is very nice. And then of course that final scene as he drives Mm -hmm. off. And then of course, now the plot starts clicking into place. And there's, you know, we get to the end and the first thing, of course, that we knew right away when Mr. Carroll called her, I'm like, oh, she's going to see something on that uh, camera. And of course Mm -hmm. she does. She sees Ryan. Yep, uh, it the all gun back. comes back to the security camera. Exactly. (laughs) So once again, they've, they've been playing a fair uh, but we speculated, I don't know, it's probably like three of our recap episodes ago that it's just like, she's going to see something on that camera eventually. And uh, and of course we did. And we find out that Mr. Carroll is a retired police officer, exactly. a, a retired yeah. detective, maybe it was, I can't remember. But, yeah. uh, you know, which we did not know before. So now it all adds up why the gun was the detective special. Right. Uh, so a lot of things coming together there. I am a little bit concerned about Mr. Carroll's well-being. I hope somebody... Uh, does periodic checks on him. <laughs> that pasta plate's uh, piling up. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, not for nothing, but like my, uh, when my grandfather, when my grandmother passed away, um, like this is pretty much, we we went to visit him and that was pretty much what the kitchen looked like. Actually yeah. much, 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 much worse than that, actually. So, <laughs> like flies and such. So <laughs> uh, one other critique is like you were saying, I think earlier we already touched on it, which is that that was kind of like one other unfair moment is we're intentionally only getting part of Laurie's conversation just to trick us a little bit. And I don't even understand why, because like you said, it's not that important how long Laurie knew. So it's weird that they 
they hid that from us uh, there. So anyway, that's strange. But regardless, uh, turns out that Lori did know, which I honestly last just last week I was speculating my whole entire grand theory. I was like, oh, and Lori doesn't know. Lori thinks that um, you know, it's Billy, or worst case scenario, she thinks it's John, and you know, what I mean, like so. Uh, but yeah, the whole Ryan thing, like that she knew it was Ryan. I was very surprised because especially because we see explicitly, and they literally hit us over the head with it by playing back the scenes uh, that you know we see her have a conversation with. Ryan, where Ryan doesn't admit to it uh, so intentionally, they're making us feel like she didn't mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. then that um, John lays it all out and mm-hmm. uh, says, but Billy's going to take the fall for it. Don't worry about it. And then John just jumps into uh, the car like five minutes after telling her this. And then Mayor shows up and she's just party line right away. That's very strange. That whole turn of events is very weird. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a lot maybe to be said here and we can do this in the season converse, season end conversation that we have about parent-child relationships and the things that you do to protect your kids or to try and protect your kids, you know? Um, so definitely it goes to that ongoing theme of, of how you relate to your kids and the, the lengths that you'll go to. But, but yeah, I, it kind of, um, I will say about this ending, uh, I give you all the credit for figuring it out. I, there was something even unsatisfying about this ending to me. And I mean, I've been the yeah. hugest fan of this show. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. love the show. I think it's been so great in so many ways. And I, I'm not sure I even necessarily have a problem with Ryan being the, the inadvertent murderer because it was kind of an accidental shooting, right? In the end. Right. Um, right. But <clears throat> something about it just was not satisfying to me, if that makes yep. any sense. It, I it all adds I up. Agree. I don't think there are any holes in the plot, but it just didn't have that feeling of like, aha, yes, where everything clicks. Like I just didn't get that feeling of like, of course that all comes together like that. It just is like, yeah, all right. That could have happened that way. Like that's kind of (laughs) more of the feeling I had. (laughs) So, so two things to that. First of all, I totally agree that the, that the show did not give me um, I, on any level, honestly, you know, not, not to be overly critical, but I, maybe I will be that uh, in both ways, the mystery didn't like click into place in that aha way. And the because they there, there was so much, you know, um, uh, uh, cleanup, uh, you know, plot wise in this final episode, it also didn't give me like a straight up, um, uh, you know, like oftentimes when you were talking about um, when you're watching a show season to season, where a lot of times like the mystery will be like wrapped up in the uh, uh, the penultimate episode, right? And then the finale will really be like six months later and you see kind of everybody kind of get yeah. their lives and you kind of see, you catch up with the characters, like how, how did everything shake out after that, right? Like if you watch The Wire, it was very much like that where like the big bad guy and all the crazy thing and the, and the court case and all that stuff was wrapped up one episode before the finale. And the finale mm-hmm. was just like, mm-hmm. where's everybody now? Where did right. they end up? You know, they got promotions, they, they, they right. retired. And like, how are they dealing with the, the shakeout from the previous uh, episode, basically, right? It, and it, they kind of split it both ways by putting the reveal here and the grace notes in here. And I feel like they didn't serve either one of them that well by doing that. Uh, but part of that is maybe because we solved the, the, uh, crime, uh, you know, last episode, but maybe. I'm not even going to call myself out as being this genius for doing it because I, I, I haven't caught up. Like, I, I think you're the, still the same where I have not been reading like recaps and, and seeing what yeah, other people I, are I'm saying. I'm trying to purposefully avoid it for the most part. Yeah, exactly. But even though that happened in my Google newsfeed, there was mayor of East town news last week. And like all the headlines are like, what does Ryan know? 
what does Ryan know? <laughs> right. So I'm like, I think everybody's kind of onto the whole Ryan theory at this point. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, anyway, I, like I said, I think that maybe if the Ryan thing was a real shock there at the last few minutes, yeah, okay, it would have fair. more of that twist. Right. Because sometimes, um, like sometimes when the killer is revealed, like you actually gasp, right. When they show right, that right. moment, you're like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Like, yes, of course. Like, how did I not see it? Like, although that's yeah, rare right. though. That's so, pretty rare nowadays. Right. I think people are so too satisfying savvy for... when it happens though. I know. I know. <laughs> so rare though, unfortunately, but you do hope for that, right? That's, that's the jolt you hope for all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, by, by the way, to the fact of the show uh, at this point, really, the, the crime is almost an afterthought is like, you know, the whole scene with Ryan, it's not like they interrogate him and get him to break down everything. He just sits down and goes like, I want to tell you everything that happened because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this anymore. And the show basically at that point is like, we're not that interested in this murder anymore either. Here's everything that happened moment to moment to moment. Right. And then, which is, which is fine by me too. I'm just like, okay, I don't think you can really draw this mystery out anymore. So let's just get it all out of the way. And he just confesses to every single thing that happened. And we, you know, we see flashbacks to everything as well. So it's like, you know, it's really just very, very neat. And, and but like, like you said, maybe too neat. It makes it a little, like, because there's no tension or ambiguity, it makes it a yeah, little less satisfying. Yeah, there's right? no tension. Maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know. Like, again, I have no problem with the plot and the resolution being what they are. It all makes sense. I'm not angry about it. It just didn't have that satisfying feeling. And then we have... Uh... Lori's life is ruined. That scene between her and Mare is very rough in the car. But yes. I, and I mean, and everything Lori says to her is, and this is actually a very good scene, by the way, because everything she says to Lori is absolutely true. Yeah. But she's also absolutely in the wrong at the same time, which is good, you know, because that's that's almost like how they really should resolve this, right? Because she's like blaming Mare for not coming to her and whatever else. And it's just like, you, yeah. you're protecting a murderer. Like, what are you talking about, right? But of course, like, if you were in that circumstance, of course, you would be upset with your friend for, you know, you blame her for ruining your life, which of course is not true. The, 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 the all this, your, your husband ruined your life, really, right? And that's what, what's the reality of it, right? Yeah. And I mean, she's dealing with, you know, she's lost so much in such a either right, right. very short amount of time or a little bit longer amount of time, depending which of us you agree with. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But she has lost a lot of people in her life in different ways in a very short period of time uh, overall. And so that is overwhelming, you know? So, I mean, you feel for her there. And, and again, you know, the parent child thing of the lengths you go to to protect your kid. And, um, you know, and it was the way it was portrayed certainly he was in the wrong but it wasn't like he went there to murder her so you know right. there is some ambiguity in uh how terrible what he did really was i mean hey somebody is dead at the right. end of it regardless right. but, um, <laughs> you know but uh but it's a it's a complicated situation and yeah you feel for Lori there i think yeah i do and uh and to that point actually i have a legal question for you also now um, uh, and, and also just kind of touching on that as well is that the show, I think once again, doesn't leave it on a note where, uh, because once again, we're talking about grace, I guess, is the theme of this episode. We're not just leaving it on a theme of hopelessness, right? That we see Lori go to, uh, the juvenile detention to visit her son. Her son is actually adapting there. He says, I'm doing okay. I did, I'm doing this writing program, which I really like. So he is, you know, potentially, going to come out of this okay in the long run. Like you said, this was not a intentional murder. It was uh, an accidental. So there's some hope from him, for him as well. But what I, the question I had for you from a legal standpoint is if this is an accidental murder and he sees down and he's only 13 years old, right? Right, right. So is he 
he I mean, he's probably going to be out of jail in a few years. And but, so that's the one question, right? So it, not that that's terrible. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. he should have a chance to rehabilitate, obviously. But beyond that, is that doesn't, I mean, John is definitely still in jail. Um, Billy would be in jail, right? And would, wouldn't Lori potentially have jail time too? <laughs> so that's that's my questions for all the adults, all the, oh you know, everybody who's been involved in this cover-up, wouldn't they have jail time? Uh, okay, so of course the disclaimer is that I am not a criminal lawyer and I have not dealt with criminal law since law school and the bar exam, which was a very, very long time ago. How many references can I make to how old I am in this <laughs> podcast? Um, but uh, I, she, there is something specifically said, I think, about Billy getting out in a year. Um, I can't right, quite right. remember the exact timeline, but there is a reference to Billy not being in jail for all that long. Right. I'm not sure about John. For the uh, statutory rape alone, that's going to be a longer term, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you that Ryan is likely going to get out, you know, in, in just a few years and hopefully can, you know, have a sealed record and move on and have a normal life because he doesn't seem to be someone with like sociopathic or psychopathic tendencies. That's going to be a danger to society. This seems like a very, very unique situation. Um, Lori, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a gray area. I don't think she was talking to Mare in her capacity as a detective, right? She wasn't, uh, in custody and interrogation when she tells Mara what the situation is. I think she's more almost saying it to her as a friend. Um, so while she did lie and try and cover up, I'm not sure it was in a capacity where she could be held legally responsible for that. That's an interesting question. And I, I mean, and also, you know, this was me overthinking it. I could imagine given extenuating circumstances, like, you know, she's the only one there in the house with these three children. Yes that yes. uh, I can imagine she's on probation for four or five years or something like that. And they don't give her any kind of jail time. Um, but yeah, so I can imagine something like that happening as well. And, you know, she obviously had duress and all these other kind of extenuating circumstances. Yeah. So I'm sure that they wouldn't throw the book at her, you know, especially if it's some local. Yeah. You know, I mean, there could be some sort of obstruction of justice issue there, but yeah. probably <clears throat> not a major one especially right. in comparison to everybody else involved <laughs> <laughs> yes yes exactly like she barely knew and of course like the mayor would have to testify that she you know tried to basically lie to her um but she wasn't under oath or anything when she lied to her uh and she could say you know whatever like she didn't you know there's a million ways you can spin that right like oh i didn't want to believe it or something right so there I, i'm sure that the, and like i said I, I can't imagine throwing the book at her when she has her whole entire family is in jail at that point all the adults i should say and uh and who's going to take yeah. care of these kids right so not three kids actually right so there were three kids in the house but i guess one of them is is not right he's in, he's in jail or uh, in a facility yeah juvenile, some sort. yeah all right so then we're very much at the end here we get uh uh you know we have um uh, Deacon Mark giving uh, his um, homily, uh, um, and uh, and I'm like, you know, very not only very awkward moment, but I also the fact that everybody's just kind of like, oh, thank you, Deacon Mark, right? It's just like, what are you talking about? I mean, I, that whole thing is so weird for me. Like, I don't understand how they <laughs> treated his character, like you know, as if they're all, you know, not only forgiving him for everything, but we're, uh, I don't know, like I I uh, I find that whole plot line a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't particularly care for that scene. I felt like it was a little bit heavy handed. Yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, I guess, especially coming at the end of everything we had seen before, my focus was not really there in a way it would have been had that scene been earlier, I guess. Um, I don't know. It just was neither here nor there for me. Yeah. And I, I agree with, you know, you just said it now and it made me think about it too, is that I really like the very closing moments of this episode, which I guess is where we're at right now. Yeah. And I, and I don't understand why the Deacon Mark uh, scene needed to be there to add to it. Like kind of this kind of like, we need to come together as a community and forgive each other. You know, like, uh, I guess maybe it gets to that idea where in earlier in the episode, she says to him, you know, I hope they treat you better wherever you go next. And He's saying, and this comes up a couple of times in the episode, like, no, this is it for me. I live here now. You know? right, right, right. Um, and like rebuilding his spot in the community, right? Because um, who is it that says to Mara, it's her daughter, right? Says to Mara also at some point in the episode towards the end of like, you make this a better place, right? Right. Um, so I guess it gets to that idea of everyone being a member of this community and how they're contributing and how their actions affect other people because you know in this church everyone comes together right we right, see right. a lot of the characters from the show are all together in that church scene so i guess that's what they're trying to get at there but it just um right. it didn't it wasn't particularly compelling to me yeah i think you're right i think they're trying to have this concept of community there and uh, but you're right i think that that doesn't work for me it doesn't really and it doesn't really pay out as a thematically I guess when you see like every I don't know I don't really see it there I, I take that back I really don't see how that theme works well on the show however what I do like is the very ending where we see Mayor go and just be with um Lori right really beautiful and that's yeah. a great scene right where you know nonverbal and just like kind of like her just being there for her and I thought that was really really strong and that really works uh you know thematically and emotionally I think and it was a satisfying way to uh to do that. And then we cut immediately to Mare in bed with her uh, grandson, right? <laughs> Which I think is so funny, right? That was more, like, we've all had that experience of sleeping in a way too small bed, right? So. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, you see her um, there with him. And then we, you know, the last image is her, um, you know, that hallway shot again, the exact same hallway shot we oh saw. Oh my God, yeah. The day of his, um, you know, uh, suicide. And then with like that same exact shot. And then that's it. That's the end of the episode, right? So how do you read that last, those last moments? Well, you know, it, it goes back right directly to that. Uh, we didn't discuss the scene, but there's a short scene with the therapist. Uh, oh, right, right. Yep. Where, where she says like, well, you know, everything that we've been talking about, it comes down to the fact that you're not, you weren't ready to deal with the grief of your son's death. Um, you know, are you ready? And you see, even before that scene, right, when she talks to Mr. Carroll, he's saying, like, how do you do this? How do you go on? And she says, you know, you just have to work with the, the this unacceptable thing has happened in your life. And you've just got to work around it with everything that you do. Right. You know, you've got to move forward, even when the unacceptable has happened. So you see that, like, all of these um, small steps were happening towards her confronting that really awful grief that she's been trying to bury for so long and um I just saw that scene as like so poignant and hopeful you know that she right. really is saying like okay you know this happened and it's terrible but I still have a life to live and right. I've got to face this so that I can live that life yep yeah. And I think that yeah it's a, it, like you said it's her finally it's like you know they they mirror all the shots um from that first moment when she walks up the stairs 
And she's looking up at the rafters, you know, she's looking directly mm-hmm. towards the camera, the, the point of view of the camera, as opposed to where she can't look up, you know, originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, of course, there's the same shot where, you know, we saw Siobhan curled up against the wall, like that's just a yeah. shot mm-hmm. with the, the, the ladder mm-hmm. at the end, just the empty hallway. And like you said, it's just that moment of her going back to like the scene of the crime, you know, no pun intended. And, um, uh, and, 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 you know, like you said, finally confronting it and, you know, and this is her, this is, the, that's been the journey of the show, right. Is her yep. coming to, to this moment, right. To this realization, emotional realization. Oh, and then did you see the bonus uh, footage at the end? Did you I watch did. Yep. I did. First of all, I mean, Shabab's got an accent too. Why can't we hire American actors to play American people? I don't understand this, this, <laughs> the, this, this trend. We have like Guy Pierce with his Australian accent. We have Kate Winslet. I mean, that's with what always she used been to be. the case, right? Like in yeah. The Wire, we're in a bunch of those actors. British. Oh my God, Idris Elba. Yes, yeah. I had no idea. It's so funny. I watched The Wire and uh, it was the first time I ever saw Idris Elba and, you mm-hmm. know, with his, uh, you know, gangster accent, right? And I had no idea who this guy was. And then all of a sudden I saw Luther, which I guess he got, mm-hmm. which at the time was like, I think the number one show in, in England. And I watched on Netflix and then he's got this accent. I'm like, what happened? Who is this guy? <laughs> Where did this accent come from? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm um, sure the um, the American actors appreciate you speaking out for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They need we need more, we need representation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just find it very funny whenever you see like, they have to be like, well, I guess we got to go to London to find someone to play this uh, this rural American. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so, oh yes. And they spent a lot of time talking about the dialect, by the way, how hard the dialect was. I'm like- So this much all- time on the accent, yeah. <laughs> Is this whole documentary going to be about the dialect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I have seen, uh, you know, I haven't really read them, but I have seen a lot of headlines about the Delaware County accent and how difficult it is to master and uh, all the work that Kate Winslet and all of the other actors have put into getting it right. And apparently they did get it right. So I give them credit for that. I do like the fact that they're talking about like the, um, like, you know, have to have, they have to have those specific, I guess everybody does that, by the way, they always have to have like these certain words, these that you key on, key in on to like reset your accent, but they, they kind of explicitly do, go but into I that. I think uh, for us being from Jersey, right? Like that's a very easy accent to master. Right. I, We're so I close. would never We're, yeah. say that the Jersey accent is challenging, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> Not, but yeah. I guess the Jersey accent is challenging because like when you hear, you know, the Sopranos or you hear uh their version of the jersey accent it can be kind of like like it sounds so mannered you're like oh man that's like a real Mm. (laughs) some people pull it off better than others but i think it's funny that they uh (laughs) that uh people like you know kind of like sometimes they really so so that's how i feel about this by the way because you know we know people who have like a you know pennsylvania accent and once again just like that jersey accent sometimes could be a little too hard they're trying a little too hard to you Mm -hmm. know put put that kind of jersey flavor in every word they say i Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that that's kind of what's happening with that pennsylvania accent too but not that it's that important i mean we (laughs) definitely uh you and i have a friend who i won't name her but for some reason the accent comes out most when she says coffee and 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 you never hear it until all of a sudden want to get a coffee (laughs) like where did that come from? <laughs> you don't normally well, have that Jersey girl dialect, but it comes out on the coffee. <laughs> everything's out. It's dialect. Kim says Malk. Like, I'm like, it's just so funny. And it, it, the funniest thing about it is I always teased her about that when we first started dating. And like Charlotte, just this week said, mommy, why'd you say it's Malk? <laughs> it's like, yeah, call her out on that for God, you know, for goodness sake. She's <laughs> like New that. Jersey now. It's time to get the <laughs> exactly. Work. Yeah. Start saying coffee when you say. <laughs> 
coffee with milk. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, yeah. So was there anything else interesting there? Any other kind of last uh, any uh, uh, last statements? I know. I mean, I I think my my overall messages are things that we talked about. But you know, I thought it was really beautiful in the way it explored family relationships. Um, yet I found the ending unsatisfying in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I felt that the I thought there were moments that I really liked, and then at the same time, there was something just a little. Maybe it was just the mystery was a little too pat. Um, yeah. they seemed like they were kind of rushing to get a lot of stuff in there. I felt like maybe they needed one more episode for this show. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, kind of have that more. So everything basically more fleshed out, like you said, just more breathing room for all these things rather than. Yeah, a little more breathing room. I agree. But all in all, I still really enjoyed this. And oh, yeah. it surprised me how much it was not about the mystery in the end. Yep. Uh, and, and in a nice surprise, a good surprise. Yeah. So, so yeah, those are my overall takeaways on it. Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, I think the, the and uh, we'll go into more uh, detail on that in the next episode. But let's talk about the next episode. So, yeah. anybody who's listening to this, so we have a whole bunch of stuff coming this week. Later this week, there's going to be a, uh, a, a the beginning of a new recap show, which will be Loki, which is coming to Disney Plus next week. This is a very different uh, show. Uh, Sona, who knows, has not watched any of the Marvel movies and has no idea who Loki is, <laughs> is not interested in doing that recap show, but worry not, she's, she's still be back. And so basically this week is going to be Loki recap episode zero, by the way, because it begins next week. We have a new contributor. He's a huge comic book fan. He's actually one of the partners at my wife's medical practice, and he is a hardcore comic fan. And he is going to give us in this initial uh, episode, not only where Loki, the character from the uh, movie series is, where he's in at, the, at this moment in, in the show, because he actually, oh, well, I, I won't say, this is a spoiler, so I'm not going to say in case people somehow have not seen that last Marvel movie. But uh, anyway, so Loki's in a weird place, let's say, in, uh, in the, the series itself, in the movie series. So that's where we're picking up from <clears throat> in uh in the TV show, but he's also going to give us some kind of background uh, in the comics. I have not read any of the comics. I have seen almost all the movies or maybe all of them actually at this point. That's my background. However, I don't know anything about the comics. So he's going to kind of give us some kind of, some of that comics flavor. But meanwhile, next week, one week from today, we will be having another episode with Sona where she will be, uh, or we will be speaking about the mayor of East Town, just kind of like the arc of the season and kind of going to some of these other things. And we're also going to be looking at internet chatter now for the first time for me to look at this, to kind of see how this was playing out in public. Uh, once again, I've been avoiding all of that. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll get a feel for that as well. And we'll introduce what we will be recapping after that. So we will be continuing to do recaps. We are going to be re uh, recapping two shows that are on Paramount Plus, And one of them is Evil. And the other one is The Good Fight. And they're both from the husband and wife team who uh, created The Good Wife. And now they have the good, uh, they have these two shows on Paramount+. Plus. And uh, I'm very interested to recap, especially The Good Fight, but also Evil, because since they were both lawyers, this husband and wife writing team, they, uh, even in Evil, which is not a legal drama, they bake in a lot of like legal um, questions in there. And uh, they have these kind of like um, uh, exercises of, you know, that kind of stretch the um, limits of what law can and cannot do. So anyway, I'm very interested that they literally structure these fictional stories around these kind of rip from the headlines, 
uh, legal questions. So I'm very curious to get Sona's opinion on that. And um, and if you uh, don't have Paramount Plus, I will get into where you may have it and you may not know it. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. And we'll prepare for that new recap. Like I said, also we'll have the Loki recaps and uh, we will also still, believe it or not, see how much of this I can actually pull off. We'll also still have the music uh, episodes. I just dropped a music episode this weekend on Saturday, by the way, where I'm talking about covers, people, you know, songs, covers of songs that people don't realize are covers. And we kind of turned it into a little bit of game, me and uh, Ian, my co-host, we turned it into a game. And by the way, that episode's kind of gone a little viral. Like I, it's the most listener listenership I've ever had for one of these music episodes. So check that out if you haven't. It's very fun. These are probably songs that you knew that you didn't realize were covers. And we kind of go into the history of those songs. So check that out if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, and stay tuned. We're going to have, like I said, two recap shows, um, the Loki uh, Disney Plus show, and of course, these uh, upcoming Paramount Plus shows. And we'll have even more details about that in next week's episode. And those are my recommendations, by the way. I just recommended a whole bunch of things. So Sona, did you have any recommendations before we wrap up? I do. And I I wanted to say one more thing about Mare, because I'm not ready to leave Mare yet. We are... Sorry about that background noise. This is what happens when you do this on vacation in the uh, country, quote unquote, I guess. Um, <laughs> lots of vehicle noise. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so bucolic here with the dumpster going by. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, to go back to Mira, I just wanted to also mention that in our season recap, we're going to talk about listener feedback that we've yes. been getting. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which is so exciting to me when anyone writes in with any thoughts about the show. So if there's anything that anybody else wants to share about the season, you know, the mystery, how you feel about it, how much you like the show or hated the show, we would love to hear it before we do the next podcast. Uh, so as far as recommendations, I have one that I actually uh, I mentioned, Vic, when you and I did the podcast where we discussed the movie, I care a lot with um mm-hmm. I never know if it's Rosamund or Rosamund Pike. Uh, she did, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, she did a show. Yeah, it's called State of the Union. It was a series of, I think there are eight or 10 minute episodes and maybe there were eight or 10 of them. And it's Rosamund, Rosamund Pike and Chris O'Dowd. And they're a couple that is in couples therapy because she has cheated on him. And they meet at the pub. This is set in the UK. They meet at the pub before their session every week and in before the therapy session every week. And these episodes of State of the Union uh, show them at the pub talking about their relationship, what's happening in therapy, why they're in therapy, uh, all of that type of stuff. It's super quick to watch. It's very entertaining. Uh, I personally find shows about therapy very entertaining. I like the therapy sessions in Mare. I like In Treatment, which is back right on HBO. There's now I'm just off on a tangent, but there's also a show on Showtime called Couples Therapy that is great. I really um, thrive on watching therapy sessions for some reason. Um, So this is a different spin on that where you see this couple and, you know, obviously completely fictional um, discussing what's going on in their lives and their therapy sessions um, over this series of weeks. And it's quite entertaining and very quick to watch as well. That is actually a great recommendation. And it's something that I'd heard so many good things about. And now it's um, great. 
Yeah. So I'm actually tracking it down. Unfortunately, it's on AMC Plus. So you have to pay a subscription for this. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also on Sundance. So I think a lot of people oftentimes have Sundance in their cable package and they don't realize it. I think it. that's where I watched it with Sundance On Demand, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so if you have Sundance yeah. On Demand, uh, check that out. I've heard very good things about it and I've never watched it. So maybe now is a chance for me to catch up on it. And yeah, I just you can looked get it up. through the whole thing in an hour, essentially. Yeah. And I just looked it up right now, by the way. And, um, it, and it is, this touches on something else uh, earlier, uh, a completely different episode where I was talking about music um, soundtrack recommendations, but it's, uh, turns out that I didn't realize this, the creator of the show is actually Nick Hornby, who wrote yes. um, uh, High Fidelity, right? So, uh, which was a recommendation for a soundtrack, uh, like a very good soundtrack to a movie, by the way. So, um, yeah, so it's- And uh, I it's don't think I realized that either. I was just excited to hear his name. So I said, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I did not know that previously. <laughs> I didn't know it either until this very moment, but I had heard very, very good things. Yeah. I remember when that show it's came great. on, yeah. that people, and I'm a big fan of both of those actors, by the way. But, yeah. uh, um, and I had heard uh, very good things about it, but once again, maybe because it's on Sundance or whatever, I just never tracked it down, but it, probably easy to, you know, or maybe not easy, but uh, something I can put onto my queue now to, to catch up on, but that's, that's a great, um, great one. All right. So I think that is it for, for us. And the, oh, I want to mention, as Sona did mention, we did get some user feed, um, uh, listener feedback last. Uh, so exciting. Week. And they're very exciting. So please, yeah, reach out to us with any of alternate theories that you had. And we will read um, some of those, um, the emails we have received in the next week's episode as well as part of that. So check in for that to hear what other, the conversation that we were having with some of our listeners along the way. And uh, and yeah, and feel free to like, give us your opinions of the show, uh, alternate theories you might've had, maybe uh, red herrings or, or just like loose ends that we didn't capture. But uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us for any reason, actually. Yep, exactly. Any reason at all. And we engage, right? We respond too. So absolutely. Yeah, we will hear back. back. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, great. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your uh, vacation. (laughs) I'll try. Has there ever been such a crappy Memorial Day weekend weather-wise? I I don't think so. Historically bad. (laughs) I know. My backyard's like a like a like a river right now <clears throat> but we'll try <laughs> exactly try your best actually it's supposed to not it's not going to rain today and we might even get a this little bit of sun this is the first so. time i've even you know because i'm doing this from outside this is the first time i've been able to stand outside, outside since we got here on saturday yeah it's been raining the whole time for us too exactly yeah. all right so thanks so much That was my conversation with Sona. Overall, I really enjoyed the show. It's definitely one of the better shows that I've seen this year, and it should be up for many awards, I would assume, especially for the performances. Once again, if you'd like to reach out to us, email us at needsomeintroduction at gmail.com. Listen to the episode I put out this weekend. I mentioned earlier, it kind of went a little viral. It's uh, definitely gotten more listens than we normally get for those musical episodes, and I think probably because people like the format of the little bit of the guessing game for 
the matching covers. So we, we play covers for each other, me and my co-host, and it was a lot of fun. And I think we'll be having more of those type of episodes. She gives us an excuse to play music for each other, discover new music, and to kind of get into the history of those artists as well. So check that out if you haven't already. I think you'll really enjoy it. Feel free to recommend this to your friends. The uh, podcast continues to grow, and we really appreciate if you are recommending us to your friends. And any feedback we've been getting, our reviews, our emails, etc. So there'll be a lot more content coming from us, and I hope you stick around beyond this show. Once again, we'll have a recap, a season recap for Mayor of Easttown, and we'll also get into listener feedback plus a introduction to our next recap shows as well. And that'll be coming next week and for many weeks to come. Hope you stick around. Talk to you soon.